2: Miss to, to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Live from the Southern Bancor studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel's Eagle Hour, welcome to another week, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Will Tony producing for us, happy to have you along on this brand new week, Bob out uh, for a few days, but uh, what about it? brand new week a lot of stuff going on on a monday in january we're going to be talking the three big sports this entire hour talking about uh, baseball and and tickets uh, to the pete a coaching coordinator change uh, for the football team we'll talk about that a little later uh, and we'll talk basketball here in uh, just a moment first segment as always brought to you by dickie's barbecue located in a community near you all the fresh smoked meats every single day and uh, Dickies can also cater your next event. Dickies cooked here, loved everywhere. Yeah, it's a it's a big three day Kelly Center. We're talking about the three big sports, some big wins in basketball, a crazy uh, kind of weekend with with football and some exciting news for baseball.
3: First of all, welcome back, Luke. Good to have you back from the Carolinas. Uh, back in the appreciate great- that had to.
0: Yeah. So we have in PhD program at, at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, we have w- winter term and summer term. So I'll have to do turn around and do this again in May, but inching ever close, uh, just kind of checking a box at a time, course at a time, but getting there a little closer. Well, we have
3: to call you Dr. Johnson at some point or just call me Luke? Okay. It's okay. That sounds good. Hey, if it's good enough for, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, I guess there you go. <laughs> he wasn't gonna... Okay. Yeah. Let's talk basketball. And man, is there a lot to talk about? You know, it's been rare that either of the southern miss teams have been really good at the same time right but we've talked on their show too that really when you look at the overall health of 30 years in the past 30 years of southern miss athletics just about everything is rolling right now least of which the basketball teams the men winners 74 to 57 over arkansas state that's a road win so they come off of a four game road trip 2 and 2 which was you know when you look at things that that was about to be expected all right but the women finish a four game homestand with a 77-57 win over ULM let's start with the women luke the lady eagles outscored the red uh, the warhawks in every single quarter every single quarter they won by you know by 20 points they've been consistent they've been playing exceptional defense now they're 12-5 and five overall, 5-1 five and one in the Sun Belt. The only team they trail is James Madison. And James Madison uh, beat them head-to-head. You know, they had them on the ropes. They played it in Hattiesburg a little, not, not too long ago. But, man, what can you say about this Lady Eagle team? In that game against Monroe, they shot 47% from the field, 35% from three-point land, and 92% from the free-throw line. Those are numbers that you're going to beat just about everybody you play when you come up with numbers like that. Lady Eagles on a roll. What do you think?
0: They are. I mean, this is seven out of eight wins. You you look back to uh, since December 16th, so over the last month, uh, ever since they went out to California, really kind of, uh, started, pushed them, you know, into this, uh, this winning, winning seven out of the last eight. As you mentioned, their only loss, uh, in the last month was a 63-54 loss, uh, to James Madison, who's actually a game ahead of them in the standings. So the updated women's standing Southern Miss tied with Troy, uh, for second place. They're five and one. James Madison in first place, six and zero. Oh. But, but yeah, when you look at Saturday again, I, I think this is, I, I think, you know how we've been talking with the men, look at the the turnover battles. One of the, the key statistics to look at with the women is what is the distance between Dom Davis and everybody else in the scoring column? Because where they were getting into trouble is when Dom has a score, you know, 22, 23, 24 points, and then the person after her is in single digits. You talk about Saturday Dom led the team no surprise there with 14 points but Bracy had 13 Grayson had 11 and Cornfield had 11. they had four scores in double digits and I think what what the strength of this team has been during this uh, this impressive win in seven out of the last eight is that all the pressure isn't all number two. And they've been finding ways at the guard position and down low to be able to spread the scoring out. And, and so it, it allows, it, in some ways, it frees Dom up. And in other ways, you know it, uh, when, when other people can score like that, it creates mismatches uh, for for the other defense
3: and problems for them. So you had four of the young women in double digits. And right on the cusp, you know, Lauren Gross had eight. And then Femi Funis, who's been playing well lately, had seven. So, I mean, you talk about to spreading the wealth there. The Lady Eagles really playing great basketball right now, and and I just I, I go back to that William Carey game when early in the season, when Joy Lee McNellis, who by the way won her what three hundred three hundred yeah three hundredth game uh, this week, um, she was even worried about if she'd have enough people physically well enough to even play the next game, and now look at them again twelve and five overall. 5-1 and one and the Sun Belt. Looking ahead for the ladies this week, where the men got off of a four-game road trip. Now the women begin a four-game road trip. They will travel to Boone this week, Boone, North Carolina. They will play at Crap State, excuse me, App State, Thursday at 5.30. I'm such a juvenile when it comes to sports like this, right? And one, the, one day the, you'll grow up.
0: The benefit is... All of these teams, except Texas State, who's the fourth game in this four game, but most of them are, are in the middle or the, or the bottom. So App State's three and three, Marshall's two and four. Arkansas State is zero and six. So, I mean, this is a real possibility that you could win three out of four on the road in this. Um it's obviously harder on the road, but yeah, I mean, the first game is, uh, is the hardest of these, of these three based off records. And we owe Marshall a, a game anyway, but yeah, I mean, the, the Texas state game, if they were to go three and oh here and then uh, at the end of next week, Texas state right now, four and two, 12 and five overall, that'd be a, that'd be a
3: huge road win for the Lady Eagles. So again, for the women, Thursday at App State, then Saturday at Marshall as, uh, as they continue to roll. And they do have to go back to Arkansas State, and I got a chance to talk to Joy Lee McNellis' son, Connor, who is an assistant coach on Arkansas State. You know about the Lady Eagles beating Arky State when they came here, and his first response to me was, "They have to come to our place in February." And I'm saying, "Yeah, you you need to you know for for you, you don't want to say number one you got beat by a girl, all right? But then to say that the girl was your mom, that, that's kind of a little tough for Connor to live with." So they're looking to. Get back, but it's not going to be easy against this tough Lady Eagle team. All right, the men. Meanwhile, uh, what a game the men played on Saturday when a lot of people really weren't sure how they were going to respond after what was arguably the worst game they played all year. Yeah. When you say Will, of all the yeah. of all the games so far that March, they had the travel problems getting mm-hmm. to Huntington. Um, I don't can know. I just,
0: can I go back and say something? Yeah. Because I, I didn't comment at Friday. I think Southern Miss fans don't realize, and you guys may have brought this up on Friday, just how crazy the travel was yes. because of – so they didn't get the shoot-around in, you know? Right. And uh, I think that's what showed itself early. But I, I don't think you can – it was one of those things where we weren't, we weren't prepared or have our normal preparation, and then we just called Marshall. I mean, they were just hot.
3: But, man, when you, when you talk about a tale of two cities or a tale of two halves in this case, it was 33 all. In Jonesboro. And then the second half, the Eagles just, just tore them up. I mean, outscored them 41-24 to 24 in that second half. And you had four guys in double digits and one right on the cusp again with Denaje Harris, who really has not been talked a lot about this season. But yeah, he had a great game with 22 points. Austin Crowley with 18. DeAndre Pinckney with 12. Felipe Hase with 10. And then Mo Arnold. Who's been coming on? He scored uh, nine points, completely different half the second half from the first half. They shot
0: 42% in the first half, but shot 54% for uh, from the field um, in, in the second half. And we, we need to talk more about this. Uh, Lee mentioned Harris first. I mean, it was a career day for him, and he's one of those guys. Um, didn't have the greatest game against marshall but but responds well what what do we need what what needs to happen uh to get Hase going more kelly
3: well first of all he's seeing double teams now that he didn't see uh earlier in the year so it's it's uh, actually and these numbers of of pinckney and some of these other guys that are getting higher numbers that's a direct result in my opinion of Hase drawing a lot of the attention uh away And I just think that that's the way it's going to be, you know, the the rest of the year because you can't try to shut him off on the inside because Hase's got a nice touch from the three point arc as well, which is why he's so problematic. If you try to shut him down inside, they'll go outside and vice versa. For the men, they begin now a four game homestand. All right. The men, by the way, are 15 and four, four and two in the Sun Belt. They will host South Al this coming Thursday night and then James Madison comes to town uh, for a Saturday afternoon noon game at 2. And for both the men and the women, you really want to finish in the top four in the conference because at the conference tournament, the top four teams get double buys. You yep. get, so, I mean, that would be huge. Not necessarily to win the regular season, but just finish in the top four to where you get those uh, double buys in the postseason yep. tournament. Now, one team that had a great postseason tournament last year was the baseball team. And if you don't have your tickets to see the baseball team this year, you might be, might be out of luck, but we might have a resolution. We're going to talk with Zach Bingham in the next commercial break about what is going on with the tickets at Southern Miss. That's next as a Monday's Eagle Hour continues after this timeout.
2: You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
3: Still to come, news about Southern Miss football. One of the big-time assistant coaches has moved on, but Will Hall didn't waste any time filling that spot. We're going to have news about that. The future of Malik Shorts from the Southern Miss football team. We'll have news about that still to come. So plenty of things on the the football ledger. This segment of the program brought to you by Campus Bookmart. You can shop them 24/7 online at Campus Bookmart, that's with a T, CampusBookmart.net for all of your Southern Miss apparel, anything with a Southern Miss logo on it, whether it's platters, keychains, mugs, glasses, whatever, they've got it all for you. They're in the bright yellow building right across from the campus on Hardy Street, Campus Bookmart. We're glad to have them as a sponsor and a supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. Well, you'd have to be living in a cave not to have heard the news last week. For the first time in the history of Southern Miss, which goes back a long time, there are no seats officially, put air quotes around that, officially available for Southern Miss baseball games. Every seat at Pete Taylor Park has been sold as part of a season ticket package. Now, you're thinking to yourself, well, they're not all chair backs. Some of those were just bleacher seats. Yes. But they're all gone as well. (laughs) They've been sold as season ticket packages. Joining us on the phone, first of all, is the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Revenue Generation, Brendan Jones, who is neither a NASCAR driver nor a safety for the Dolphins nor a PGA golfer. Those are all Brandon Jones. This is Brendan Jones. And in the studio, Zach Bingham, who's the associate AD for ticket sales. We welcome you both. This is huge news. And Brendan, let's start with you on the phone as we thank you for joining us. Take us through the the thought process and the decision-making process of even making the bleacher seats season tickets.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate y'all having us on and getting a chance to talk a little bit about baseball season tickets and all the tremendous success that uh, the program's been having there. But, um, so the process that went into it, it really stems and it goes back to chairback season tickets. So last year we sold out of chairbacks for the first time in uh, Southern Miss Baseball history and What we saw through, you know, I'm sure everybody is familiar with all the crowded games that we had last year. We saw that a lot of the general mission season ticket holders were expecting to have a seat in the in the bleachers, and based on when they got there to the games, it wasn't necessarily the case. Um, So, it was important for us, and we heard from a lot of our general mission season ticket holders that, you know, they they wanted to have a place to go, and the the demand on chairbacks was even greater as we move through the season and into renewal this year. So we wanted to make sure that we reserved the bleachers and provided that option for general admission season ticket holders to have a reserved place when they come out to Pete Taylor Park. So that's how we landed there, and and we went through a priority seating process based on Eagle Club donor rank and, and kind of sat everybody based on where they fell in their request
3: line. All right, so Zach, who's joining us here in the studio, Zach Bingham. So there's now SRO standing room-only seats available, but but those are not going to be unlimited. I mean, you can't sell 8,000 SRO tickets. I mean, How is all the SRO situation going to work?
1: Yeah, I mean, we still have, like you said, the standing room-only season tickets uh, down the, the right field line. Um, at this point, we're approaching 4,000 season tickets sold overall for baseball, and again, we still have those standing room-only season tickets in that right field line area um, we're encouraging our season ticket holders and fans to bring out their lawn chairs to to pack that area um, great view of the stadium and and towards the 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 players so great access still still great seats um, when you bring in your lawn chair and be a part of the action at the Pete this year
3: well you you just answered the next question then you obviously can then bring your own lawn chair or what have you but again those the number of SRO tickets are going to be limited how many of those will be available from game to game
1: yeah I mean from game to game uh that's uncertain just because right now we're still pushing season tickets and there's a real possibility and it's our goal as a department to sell out of season tickets this year for baseball so there's not a guarantee that we'll have seats available for single-game purchasers this year. Um, so the best way to get action uh, to come out to the P is to secure your season tickets.
3: All right, so, so Brendan, is, is there such a thing as a season SRO ticket, <laughs> a season ticket holder for SROs?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we're selling, um, you, know, you know, Dak mentioned that we're getting close to 4,000 sold season tickets right now. And, um, part of, you know, in that number is the season ticket for SRO season ticket holders, as you, as you just said. So we are, um, we have a lower price point, um, for those season tickets, but you come in, you don't have a seat, but you get to bring your lawn chair in and enjoy all the action down there, the, down the right field line. You have access to the patio, you have access to the deck and, and then of course, um, anywhere where you can uh, fold out your chair and, and watch the action. So, yes, they, they are season ticket holders, and they are in our number.
3: Luke Johnson, one of the perks of getting to do this show is you and I always get to sit up in the air conditioning and uh, have access to all the all the food and drink that we'd like up up there, and I know you, you enjoy it's it. It's
0: either that or, or hanging out at the mayor's truck in, in uh, out in the roost. Jody lots. So, yeah. So that always helps. Brandon, what, what's, what was the biggest challenge? I mean, it was because there was, and uh, nobody wants to deny it, we talked about it with Jeremy, there was frustration, you know, with the regional and super regional because of that. But, like, uh, what was the biggest challenge for you guys, uh, you know, to make sure that, that everybody had a chance with it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the biggest challenge is just that it came from the demand, right? Um, we We couldn't. We had, we had to stop selling uh, regionals and super regional tickets last year. Uh, probably could have filled the stadium, the, the ballpark twice if we if we kept going. But um, th- that that's been the biggest challenge. And, and then just where where does everybody go? So that's why this year we placed a really uh, we've really looked at in, in detail what our number is. So how many tickets do we want out every game? And then how are we going to get there? We have a we have a number we have to get to for season tickets, and if we get there, then we're going to stop selling, as Zach mentioned, and and that's where there's no guarantee that fans, you know, would be able to buy tickets on a game by game basis. So we're really focusing on that number right now. We have a hard cutoff when we get there.
0: Yeah, I mean, people, and if you're listening out there, and, and you you're not you know taking advantage of this yet, I mean, guys, when we look at this schedule, I mean, Liberty, who's the tourney team? Dallas Baptist comes in later. Who's attorney team? Uh, you get Tulane at home in a midweek, and you you look at some of these other teams coming in. South Owls at home, Lafayette at the end of the year's at home. I mean, I, how much? And both you guys can answer this. How much of this, of course, is carryover from the Super Regional? But I mean, have you guys been hearing about how excited people are to be in the Sun Belt? Because we all feel like it's this is going to be a perennial top three, top four across the board conference in uh, in NCAA baseball.
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of both things, right? So we're, we're moving into the Sun Belt. The fans are extremely excited about that. And then also, like you mentioned, coming off of hosting the conference tournament, the regionals and super regionals, uh, fans are still excited from last year. And we felt it all postseason. We launched baseball season ticket deposits shortly after the super regional. And within the first six weeks, we we secured over fifteen
3: hundred season ticket deposits. So now here now here's the capitalist in me, you guys. All right, with all this demand for tickets, do we next year maybe the t- team has another great year? Do we go up on prices a little bit to make it a little more premium? I mean, it would stand a reason.
1: Yeah, I mean we we always evaluate prices and and take a look at those things, but um, in the <laughs> off season, so. Now Br-
0: I do. I do want to ask this question, Brendan. Do we have an accurate account of how many LSU fans joined the Eagle Club,
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so they could get tickets? Right.
2: Yeah. That's, I'll tell you this. We looked for those Louisiana area coaches calling in, and and uh, we we did coach our guys up in the office answering the phones. Hey, we're not we're not looking for one time donors, and and uh, you know just to buy the ticket. So we did our best to keep them out of there. <laughs>
0: and Brendan. Yeah, just Jell, you, you remember our buddy Reagan Grant, uh, the the infamous tweet that Brian from Bogalusa joined the Eagle Club for this.
3: Hey, <laughs> Brian, as long as Brian's check clears, we're good. Brendan, real quick before we let you guys go, there might be some other news breaking, as maybe maybe a little bit later on, closer to baseball season, about season ticket sales, et, et cetera, some other opportunities.
2: That's right, and and actually, Zach, I'm gonna let you uh, uh, share a little bit on this one because Zach had this great idea uh regarding our sro season ticket so zach if you want to jump in here
1: yeah like we talked about earlier um the idea of bringing your lawn chair and encouraging our season ticket holders who have the quote unquote sro season tickets uh we've developed a package here for the down the stretch of selling season tickets to to package some southern miss uh lawn chairs with season tickets so with every two season tickets that you purchase, you'll receive one complimentary lawn chair for you and your family to bring out uh, to the Pete this year for our SRO seating. Um, so if you get four season tickets, that's two baseball Southern Miss chairs that you can bring out uh, to the SRO. And season tickets, like Brendan mentioned, is $190 per season ticket.
3: And, and what number do they call? Uh, 601- 266-
1: 5421
3: is my direct number. They okay. can call me. All six five four two one with a 601 area code. So great things happening, uh, and we haven't even thrown a pitch yet. I think they start practice today. Not the greatest day for practice, but you know they've been chomping at the bit to get out there. So continued success to Brendan Jones and Zach Bingham, at the t- Ticket Office. Thanks guys for everything you do, and we'll see meet you at the Pete. All right, when we come back, we're going to start talking football. And Luke's got some big news regarding coaching staff changes at Southern Miss. We'll start there and see where the discussion takes us. This Monday Eagle Hour continues after we burn this time out.
2: southern miss to the top top. you're tuned in to the eagle hour
0: good stuff from the guys at the ticket office and athletic department you need to ask (laughs) kelly you need to get on the phone and ask about standing room only season tickets
3: yeah we were kind of joking that if that if you uh (laughs) if you don't get sro you might be sol (laughs)
0: straight out of luck
3: <laughs> yeah straight yeah. out of luck yeah that's good
0: a lot of but good stuff yeah reach out though i mean this is this is probably one of the best baseball um home schedules that that we've had in quite some time so appreciate their time appreciate you being on the eagle hour today of course if you miss us uh, this live show or just missing some of those interviews, you can go back on demand later, or uh, you can go find us in podcast form. We're, we're kind of everywhere. We're Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible. All of that stuff. So, uh, and I'm sure if you just approach Kelly Sander in public, he'll relive the entire episode for you as well. We are in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly, Luke, and Will Tony produce a force. Bob out, uh, for the next, uh, few days. We'll get him back, uh, a little later. Third segment is always brought to you by Fourth Street on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg. They serve chicken and sausage jambalaya today, fried okra, garlic bread. So if you missed that, you missed the, uh, the daily 995 lunch, really good, but they'll be serving it tomorrow as the same Monday night football tonight at 4th Street. Tom Brady and the Bucks against the Cowboys. I think Kelly and I are both cheering for, uh, Dallas uh, tonight. Yes. All right, football news uh, over the weekend. Uh, a lot of people reported it. Uh, our, our buddy Scott Watkins down at the Sun-Herald, Big Gold Nation with Heath Hinton. Um, nothing official yet, but uh, all signs indicate and pretty much reported in everywhere that Southern Miss defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong uh, will head to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to be a assistant defensive coach for the Crimson Tide. That happening after former Southern Miss uh, defensive coach Pete Golding who has served as Nick Saban's defensive coordinator at Alabama the last several years. He's going to Oxford uh, to be uh, Lane Kiffin's uh, defensive coordinator and so uh, Austin Armstrong will Probably coach, from what it's been re- reported. Probably coach, uh, inside linebackers for the Crimson Tide. It doesn't look like he will be the defensive coordinator. You never know what what had happened. But several big names on a national level, uh, and and a lot of people think Saban will go with that. But Armstrong will be an assistant coach. Before we talk about the Southern Miss side of this, um, Kelly, let, let's just talk uh, just for a minute about what Austin Armstrong did. A lot that he did in these uh, in these last two years in Hattiesburg.
3: And of course, being one of the youngest people, he's still one of the youngest, if not the youngest D.C. in the country, and I think he was, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that that he's got a world of a career ahead of him. And initially, you know, you hear a lot of Southern Miss fans say, well, there's another one. Just use the Southern Miss as a stepping stone. Look, coaching aside, if you get an opportunity, if you're good at what you do, there are going to be people that come after you and are willing to pay you a lot of money to do that. By all accounts, Austin Armstrong was very good at what he did. The numbers certainly don't lie, and the Southern Miss defense has been tenacious, and the numbers have been terrific. He's good at what he does, got a big promotion, got a big pay raise. I defy you to tell me that you wouldn't take that. All right, so to any Southern Miss fan, this is just the way it is. Right? And and Will Hall, any coach is going to sit there and have on the Rolodex thinking he could at any time lose any assistant He's got that Rolodex ready to go for the next man up.
0: Uh, And he actually, you know, he talked about this earlier uh, in the season. Will Hall did. I think late in the season, somebody asked him about. You know what would he do if people approach Austin Armstrong, and eventually he knew that he'd probably move on. And and Will kind of compared it because in a lot of ways, you know, he views Austin as as a son. Um, he really gave him a shot. You know, if you go back and think about or, or remember that story, where where Armstrong just kept badgering him, <laughs> and and Hall gave him a job, uh, I think at the at the at, it was West Alabama or West Georgia, but anyway. And uh, so so Will said recently, he said, you know, it's like a it's like a child. He said, you raise them. Uh, they flourish under you, and then one day they're going to move out of the house. And so I think he he probably knew this would be coming sooner um, than later. But but what Armstrong has done, and if Bob Getty were here, he would probably amen it really loud. Austin Armstrong gave us the nasty bunch back, Kelly. I mean, that is what they did. I mean, you got accustomed, especially this year, on loud third downs. You knew pressure was coming. Sacks, they were a top five in the country in sacks. And it was just it was it was not a a uh, tentative defense. It was an aggressive defense, and it, it created a whole lot of cheering on and off the field, in, on the television and live in, in MM Robert Stadium. He gave us the nasty bunch back.
3: And although Luke has reported that that nothing is official yet, other sources, <coughs> pardon me, have indicated that this is what's going to happen. Those same sources are reporting who indeed might be the next guy up, Luke, for that D.C. position.
0: Yeah, about 24 hours ago, Big Gold Nation, um, according to their sources, has said that safeties coach Dan O'Brien, uh, will take over as the defensive coordinator. He's, he came in, uh, under uh, Will Hall last year, so he served with Austin Armstrong the last two years. If you don't know much about, about Dan O'Brien, tremendous, um, heritage here. His father, Tom O'Brien, who was a head coach at uh, Boston College, as well as, uh, as NC State. A lot of people don't know this about Dan O'Brien. I mean, he's been our safeties coach. But he graduated Boston College in 2005, and then he was a intern under Belichick for the Patriots in 2005. In about 16, 17 years of coaching, he was under Nick Saban and Kirby Smart for four seasons at Alabama. They won a, a national championship while he was there. He then uh, went to, to Elon University in North Carolina for three years, then went to the Naval Academy and, uh, and then spent two years back at Georgia and, and on the defensive side. So, why Dan O'Brien? You just heard all the influences. I mean, he's been he's been under Belichick. He's been under uh, he's been under Nick Saban. But at the same time, this is the Georgia scheme, the Georgia defensive approach. Uh, that Austin Armstrong also came out of. So so he and O'Brien uh, have that mutual connection at Georgia, and so he naturally uh, makes the, the most sense to continue to carry on. But I mean, this is, Southern Miss fans should be excited by Dan O'Brien being promoted, because tr- tremendous history, football guy, he's been under some of the best, and will continue in his own way, but uh, expect mostly the same scheme there as well.
3: And the resume, uh, resume certainly is impressive, but the thing that I like the most out of all of it- it, and it might be the most understated is that he's already here he's been yeah. here knows the personnel knows the guys probably recruited half of yeah. them so that goes a long way not having to change things and, and keeping things you know consistent
0: and it looks like also that he will continue to coach safeties that is what big gold nation is reporting so there's a plan in place they have to Armstrong coached inside linebackers, so that's where they will, you know, make the next hire. Austin Armstrong going to Tuscaloosa. Uh, Dan O'Brien will now fill uh, the defensive coordinator role for Southern Miss.
3: Well, the the National Football League Combine and draft and all those sorts of things. We haven't don't even have a Super Bowl champion yet. But for people that aren't involved in those games, like college players, they're starting to get ready for the next chapter of their life. We're going to be talking about some of the Golden Eagles who have already said that that's what they plan to do uh, if the NFL teams see fit. And we're also going to break some news this afternoon coming from ESPN about another Southern Miss coach that may be on the move, but it's not one that you might think of. That's that's still to come. This is breaking in the last uh, fifteen minutes or so. So I know that's what we call a good segue, right, Will? Something to kind of keep people uh, yes, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, you can go ahead and say it if you want to. No, no, no. We have to hold them over to the next segment. Go ahead. Luke.
0: We do. Uh, we do need to mention about Malik Shorts uh, as well. Um, I know Kelly, you were you're talking about that, and and you got to wonder. It came out the same day as the Armstrong news. You, you got to wonder if if it's related to that at all. Um, you know, people just speculate, and so, so don't know that, but but wish Malik Short's all the best as he makes the next step.
3: Yeah, but but again, going back to to what we've said, really in the past thirty years, I, the overall health of the Southern Miss uh, athletic department, as far as teams, you know, succeeding and and thriving on and off the field, it just it's been a long time since things have been this consistent and this good, and we we certainly hope that that uh, that trend continues across. One the more of
0: the note. One more note we should mention. Southern Miss got a, a transfer uh, commitment over the weekend. Rodriguez Clark, who's, who is coming from the Memphis Tigers, uh, left the team in early, uh, I think, September last year. And, and he think he'll have more on this uh, tomorrow with us as he joins us. But but uh, he, he's a good running back, um, and they're just adding position there. Of course, we had a couple guys that, that hit the portal. So Rodriguez Clark, the newest Golden Eagle, he'll be coming in uh, as well. So this is why... Um, You know, on the the signing day in December, this is why you don't feel pressured to use all your scholarships, just as we've seen defensive back coming in from Mississippi State, Rodriguez Clark now from Memphis coming in. Guys want a place to play, there, and that's why you leave a couple of these scholarships open at the end.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, this is completely on a different subject, but a postscript to our interview with uh, Brendan Jones and Zach Bingham on tickets because now everybody's asking well why don't we just why don't we just add more seats at the Pete remember we've talked about the complications of it being landlocked uh, so really the only place would go would be up Right. So next time we get a chance to bend the ear of athletic director Jeremy McLean here on the Eagle Hour, that will be one of the questions we would certainly uh, need to ask them. But even the ticket people will say, well, be careful, though, you know, adding adding too many seats. But it is a great problem to have. And again, those SRO tickets are of, of you better get them while they can, because those are not limit un unlimited i should say so we'll come back with the latest news of other football players and this uh, southern miss uh, other southern miss coach that might be on the move a little bit about a lot of things luke johnson will fill in some of those blanks when we come back in just a moment
2: their Miss to the top.
0: Final segment on this Monday brought to you by D Bat and D1 Training. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. We're going to look up, y'all. Baseball season is going to be started. So go ahead and get your kid the instruction and all the gear they need at DBAT and D1 on Hardy Street in, Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Tennis gets their spring training. Um, Season underway over the weekend. Lost a uh, Friday contest to Florida Gulf Coast. Rebounded, defeated Bucknell 5-2. They were playing down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. So men's tennis 1-1 one and one right now. This coming Saturday they will host the Jackson State Tigers at the Southern Miss Tennis Complex. Track and field getting uh, back underway over at the Blazer Invitational. And the Southern Miss track and field team were dominant. One first-place title, ten top three finishes, and a brand-new school record. Melanie Gilbreth uh, had a her debut as a Golden Eagle and took home first place in the high jump. Also, men's 600 meters uh, broke a school record. So all kinds of stuff going on with with. Uh, with track and field, and uh, track and field is obviously one of the, the programs to watch uh, this spring as they just continue uh, just to do so much led under uh, Coach Stewart. This coming weekend they will head up to Nashville for the Vanderbilt Invitational on Friday and Saturday. We'll talk about NFL playoffs here in just a minute. Kelly you teased it, uh, it out there a, a Southern Miss Should we say former or or once an eagle, always an eagle?
3: Yeah, either one of those would be accurate. But Jeremy Fowler from ESPN uh, tweeted out about 15 minutes ago, uh, one college coach I'm hearing has garnered NFL interest from teams this cycle. Drum roll, please. Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. He has had a successful run with the national champion Bulldogs and is also former OC of Tampa Bay and Cleveland. So there you go. Now, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, uh, when he took that job, it was reported that Munkin was the runner-up in that process and had something fallen through to where Taylor was not securable, then uh, Munkin was going to be offered that job. So you have to wonder if, uh, you know, if Todd Munkin might be interested in a head coaching position in the NFL. Uh, so stay tuned. But you know, normally you don't put things out there unless you're hearing from front offices in the NFL – that uh, but the question to me that I have to you Luke is is he gettable is is Munkin gettable in the NFL?
0: Yeah, I mean with the offensive coordinator position, sure. I mean, sure. I mean that's what what he proved in the national championship game. They were they were light years ahead of TCU from a play calling perspective. I mean they just the whole game was. But I mean I, I think Munkin just showed you know his, his ability. So you, you think about what the weapons that he had at Georgia and think about what he could do at you know s- s- some more teams i would like to see him go somewhere where they have a veteran quarterback you know or uh, and uh, and skill position you you wonder after you know, what the Chargers did or didn't do in the second half. <laughs> like a team like that with, you know, all that all that talent. But, yeah, I think he, surely he's gettable. To, the benefit at the college position, I mean, he's not a head coach. He's making over a million dollars, and they won back-to-back national championships. He's he, not much of a sweeter gig than that.
3: And he does have the distinction of being one of the few offensive coordinators that's actually younger than his starting quarterback, Stenson. Stets, Stetson, Stenson, yeah. <laughs> Stenson
0: Who's officially out of eligibility. No, yeah, a long after, time ago. All right, NFL playoffs uh, tonight, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. I think we're both pulling uh, for the Cowboys. Just NFC South doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs.
3: And, if, uh, Tampa and Bay, if Tampa Bay happens to get in the Super Bowl, I'm telling you, the NFL needs to be investigated by the new Republican Congress. Something's up here if Tampa Bay gets into the Super Bowl. Did they broker a deal with Brady? You know, if you come back one more year, we'll let you make another trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, everybody remaining in the playoffs is better than Tampa Bay. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But, yeah, go yep. Cowboys.
0: There we go. All right, so a uh, recap uh, over the weekend. 49ers defeated the Seahawks in the uh, wild card on Saturday, 41-23. I'm going to skip because I'm coming back to this one. Yesterday the Bills held off the Dolphins. The Giants, which I think really surprised you, defeated the Vikings. And then last night your Bengals held on. I'll tell you what, they could have <laughs> – that that uh that Hail Mary almost got
3: caught at the end, and it wouldn't have surprised me if it would have been caught. But the way the Bengals won it too, I mean, you go from you go from going behind by seven points to going up by seven points. And when he was running it back, he, they could have called him the other guy for a block in the back, but that you know that wasn't called. So I don't know. I just think this is the Bills' year with what's gone on with Demar Hamlin. Cincinnati will go to Buffalo next. In the next round, in the other AFC game, it'll be Jacksonville at Kansas City. Then on the NFC side, the Eagles will host the Giants, who are division rivals, and the 49ers will get the winner of tonight's game, yeah. Tampa Bay and Dallas.
0: I'm a Jaguars fan the rest of the playoffs, okay? It may end this week, but I stayed up late, watched that game, and uh, I'll tell you what, after the game... Trevor Lawrence and Logan Cook from Columbia—they went and celebrated at the at the at the Waffle House, which I thought was great. Our buddy Taylor over at uh, at WDAM the Sports Director, he tweeted out a picture that he got from Jacksonville, and our own WDAM got props on Sports Center, got props on Sports Illustrated. Taylor's tweet generated a whopping 4.5 million views, and all it was was a bunch of dudes going to Waffle House to celebrate. A comeback win in the NFL playoffs. I
3: guess they think if you're good looking and have money, you don't go to Waffle House. I what's wrong with going to the Waffle House?
0: Smother covered, chunked is the way to go, man.
3: You know, there you go. Hey, tomorrow on the program, we'll have another one of our assistant coaches from the men's basketball team talking about the two games coming up. Heath Hinton will join us from Big Gold Nation on the latest on the defensive side of the football at Southern Miss. Lots to talk about, but that's tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the to top. The top. To the sea. I fly like a new let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like a niggle till I'll treat.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. Media Production.